There's a better way to organize all of those cords that are tangled up in your drawer. Just take some empty toilet paper rolls, put them vertically inside of a shoebox, and now you can individually store each of those cords that you'll never use. Stuck on your lunch break with no bottle opener? You can easily open a Coca-Cola by taking that big annoying brick part of your computer charger, taking it apart, and using it as a bottle opener. Also, you can keep people from stealing your lunch food by simply writing your boss's name on the bag. I just want to give you fair warning. If you call us this week because you are out of toilet paper and you found a wad in a closet somewhere or you broke your Apple charger, we are not responsible for those issues in your house. I just want to let you know that. Well, hey, how are you doing tonight? I am Pastor Chris, and I am the West Location Pastor. It is great to be with you this weekend. It's so fun. The last few weeks, we have been in this life hack series. We've been diving through different life hacks, and everybody, I think, has just been doing a great job. Uh, it's been fun to dive into different things, whatever we've been talking about. If you have missed any of those, I want to encourage you to go ahead and get online, take a listen, and to see the ones that you missed, because I believe that they've all just been power-packed, and it's been so good. But it's great to have you here this weekend, and we're going to dive in to another life hack here in just a moment. But I want to say a quick hello to all our locations, the guys at RCMU. It's great to have you be with us those at East and those at West. It's just fun to be a church with different locations and an opportunity for us to engage in different ways and in different moments, and this is a lot of fun. So one of the stories that I was thinking about over the last couple of weeks is when I lived in Austin, Minnesota, and my wife Rachel and I lived in a house that was provided by the church, and it was a great house. Uh, up until the point we discovered that we were not the only thing living in the house. And uh, when we discovered that bats also lived in the house with us, that was not a fun night to discover anything like that. And maybe you've had that experience. So being the diligent husband that I was, I called the professional because I am not a bat professional by looking at me. I'm not a Batman. I'm not anything like that. Um, even though it'd be really cool. Anyway, so I called the professional. He and I walk around the house, and I tried to sound as intelligent as I could. Like, yep, I know, all right, excellent. And he determined that there was a small hole up in our roof, and he goes, I think that's where the bats might be coming in. And I'm like, that's why I paid you to come over here. So we determined that we were gonna take a PVC pipe and put that in the hole so the bats would exit and not be able to climb their way back in that hole. And so I thought that we were golden. I was like, all right, honey, we determined a problem. We're good to go. Let's move on. Until later on that week when she and I were watching TV and suddenly a bat was in the middle of what we were doing. And uh, she may or may not have been the only, the only one that screamed that night. Um, there was, I, I can't imagine what it's like when you do something in your house and you know people can hear outside, right? You're like, I'm sorry, we're embarrassing, I screamed, I apologize. Anyway, so we finally decided to come up with a better solution, and we believe this was it. A bat plus a house equals a new house. And, and we felt like we were pretty smart coming to that conclusion. We believe this is a good equation for just about anything, okay? So that being said, it's amazing what a small hole can do in a house. It's amazing what a small hole can do in a house. And I think there's a story in the Bible that challenges us uh, kind of with the same mentality. And I want to share it with you. It comes out of the book of Mark, which is in the New Testament. And 
And the Gospel of Mark reads in chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now we are in a life hack series and we are talking about how to serve. And I believe that this passage of scripture gives us a pretty clear, just a nice little walk about to be able to discuss kind of the things that we think will be life hacks for your service. And and I think so many times we make service so difficult. We try to make it difficult. We try to put hoops. And really it is. It's really just saying, I'm willing. I'm willing to walk this out. I'm willing to be obedient. And, and I think if we're willing to do that, we're going to find that there's just some powerful things if we're willing to take a journey into service. And I think that's one of the first things that, that we see is to take a journey. Now, I know that some of you, because you're musically inclined, uh, went right to the journey band, right? And are there some in here that went right? Okay, so on the count of three, I want you to name your favorite journey song. One, two, three. And, oh, you can say louder than that. So any way you want it, that's the way you need it, right? And, and we all have those in like, okay, now that we got that out of the way, now that you're back on track, we're gonna take a journey. And if we're gonna walk out this life hack of serving, we need to take a journey. And there's a passage of scripture in Mark that talks about it. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. And so as we talk about this, if you talk about any journey, one of the thoughts that comes, first came to my mind when I was getting ready to share with you was the reality of how many of you remember going on vacation as a kid? Mom and dad promised like a grandiose adventure, like we're gonna load up the car, we're gonna have so much fun, you're gonna see things you've never seen. And really the truth was, hey, you're gonna learn how to make an imaginary line in your back seat. You're gonna get really irritated with your sister. They're gonna get an abscess tooth and you're gonna have to spend like a whole day of vacation at the dentist. And you're like, that wasn't fun at all. This isn't a fun journey. I don't know, maybe, maybe that was my journey. I don't know. So I think so many times we get excited about the journey. I get excited about a journey. I get excited about the reality of diving into adventure and being a part of something and saying, okay, I don't really need all the details, but give it to me, let's go. And uh, I think sometimes life with Christ can be like that. We can say, listen, I trust you, Christ. Whatever, you know, we even sang about it a second ago. Whatever the cost, I'm ready to follow. Whatever that looks like. So as we walk through that, we have that issue. We have that moment where we, where we dive into that. And so, but I think one of the things when it comes to life hacks is it really doesn't say the four men were friends with this guy. They took a journey with a guy. It doesn't say they're friends. And so there's a real interesting paradigm that goes along with this. I want to view it as it's their friend. And they took their friend on a journey. But here's something cool to think about. What if he wasn't their friend? What if it was a guy that they just saw on the road and one day the guy got enough courage to say, hey, would you mind taking me? Jesus is coming to town. Would you take me to him? And they were like, hmm, let me think about that. You know, but if it's a friend, most of us are willing to do things for friends, right? Without even thinking about, it. hey, I need help moving. As long as you don't move like an obsessive amount of times, like, hey, this is my eighth time moving. I think I'm busy that weekend. So, 
or you should sell your truck and not worry about being asked, one of the two. So, but I think it really blows this story up if we consider the reality that if they weren't friends, how huge would that be? That these guys were willing to take a journey with somebody maybe they bumped into or saw every now and then. And I think that's what, that's what this life hack is about. Are you willing to take a journey? Whether you are close with somebody or not, this life of service gives us an opportunity to take a journey. And, and sure, most of us can get excited about one day of serving, right? Like, yeah, I can serve tomorrow. That will be awesome. Let's do it. But if we're going to really take this journey and walk this out, I think saying this lifestyle of serving is one of those things that can be really challenging for us. And that's what taking a journey is about. My friend Corey Leibovitz has a great quote. He says, you cannot become like Jesus without learning to serve. Spiritual maturity is not found in what you know, but what you do. I love this quote because I think there are so many of us that, that myself included, we get to the place where like, I know a lot of these things. I know what to do. I know what ought to be done at the right moment, the right time. But are we willing to walk it out? Are we willing to say, okay, I know what I need to do and I'm going to do that. I'm going to be exactly what I know and how I should dive in. And I think that's really powerful. So I hope that's challenging you because I think it's one of those things that as we learn to require, learn to what's required in that idea of a journey, it means I may know a lot of things, but if I'm not willing to walk it out and do it, I'm missing some things in my spiritual walk. The second thing is, is carry a mat. Now, this isn't a phrase that we use a lot. Like, can you imagine walking down Main Street during tour season and you see a family that's chosen to carry their kids in a mat that day? Most of us would be like, uh, you should probably just get them off the mat. No, we really like carrying the mat, you know, just buy a stroller next time, whatever the case is. But we see this a lot in movies with like military movies, right? Where they take people from the front lines, soldiers from the front lines and take them back to the ER to get fixed up and prepared. And it's not like an easy process. They're lugging guys over hills and through different ways. And it's hard work. Carrying a mat is a difficult process. And it's one of those things that, that I think a lot of times that if we're not careful, we get hung up on this. We're like, I just don't know if my shoulder's right where it needs to be, right? Or my legs have been really tired lately and I just, I'm kind of exhausted. It's been a long week at work. And, and the thing I love about the friends is that this was about their friend, the guy that they were carrying the whole time. It wasn't like, man, would you pick up your side a little bit? It's dragging a little bit, help share your load. Because I think so many times with serving, we want to make, if we're not careful, we want to make it about us. We want to make it about us. And some of those statements you might hear in moments like that are, I, I don't know if I have time for that. Um, you want me to do what? How long is it going to take? Uh, I don't know if I'm equipped for that. Uh, maybe we should maybe we should call a professional. That's it. We should call a professional. And carrying a mat really is hard work. It's a difficult process. And so, but I think there's a great way. There are great ways to live this out. And and I can recall a year ago, um, I had a friend that that passed away. Her husband and her were missionaries in Czech Republic, and and Crystal passed away after seven years of battling cancer. Like she battled it, and God moved and did some really cool things. But I remember hearing the news and, and going to my wife and saying, okay, I really feel like I need to be there. And, and us having a conversation about what that would look like. And after some conversation, some prayer, it determined like, okay, you go, you do what you need to do and be there for Matt and Crystal's family. And I was stoked. I was like, okay, I, 
I just, that was what I wanted and desired in my heart. And I got there and the one thing I wanted to do was just connect and be there and do whatever I need to do, whether that was run errands um, or whether that was just be in the background, encouraging and being a part of what was going on. But I got there and it became clear at the visitation that, that I had an opportunity. Uh, the kids had been, Matt and Crystal's kids had been there for a while and I was like, hey, why don't we just go and do something? Um, you don't need to be here right now. And Matt agreed. And so I got to take Matt and Crystal's kids. Uh, they're awesome kids and some of their friends. And we went to the mall and we walked around the mall there in Iowa and we had a blast and we did a little mini putt-putt. And uh, some of the kids had never done that before. It was amazing to be able to introduce them to that. But that was my carry the mat. The best part is it took us to Chick-fil-A. And how much, how much of a good turn of fortune is that where you get to end up at a Chick-fil-A with a chicken sandwich and frozen lunch? I should stop talking about that. Anyway, but that is glorious. Anyway, so what I know is, is that I, as I looked around that whole weekend, it wasn't just me that was carrying the mat. That's, that's the coolest part. There were others that were carrying the mat at different places to help share the load. And that's what I love about serving. I think when we think about serving, we think about doing it ourselves and we get tired and we get worn out really quick. But the truth is, is that when we share the load, when we carry the mat together, when each of us does a part, it makes the journey and the experience that much more fun. It makes it that much more exciting to really be a part of it. And, and I love that contagious aspect. We say it all the time around here, we're better together. We say it all the time around here, we're better together. We love doing things with one another and for others. So one of my questions that you need to ask yourself is, and I had to ask myself this, whose mat am I carrying? Maybe you are right now. Maybe you're carrying a mat and you're like, Pastor Chris, I'm, I know what you mean. I'm in it. I've got some people surrounding me. We're helping this, this family out or the, this mom out or this dad out and really seeing some cool stuff. Or maybe you need to ask that question, whose mat do I need to begin carrying? Whose mat do I need to help shoulder that load and help them out? Because you can see that if they don't get help, it's not going to go well, and it's really difficult for them. So I want us to ask those questions. A third thing is to figure out a way, to figure out a way. And the passage talks about it. It says, <clears throat> excuse me, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. You know, they could have had that conversation, and maybe they thought in their heads, but they didn't say it. Well, we made it this far. Good for us. You know, we carried, we carried, sorry, buddy, we can't get in. Look, it's closed, you know, can't get to Jesus. And I think we have those conversations in our head. I want to serve. Ah, oh, I might be out of town that weekend. I just don't know if that would fit into my schedule and the different things. And we have to figure out a way. I think one of the best steps is, is for us to say, I'm going to engage. And to not get to the place where, oh, it looks like it's impossible. But how do I say, yes, I want to be a part of that. I want to do that. And I want to do something. Because that is one of the biggest battles that takes place in service. Is do I do something or do I do? And we want to do something, but we don't know what it is. And that goes back and forth. And we ultimately end up doing nothing. If we're going to figure out a way, we have to be able to figure out a way to serve. And, and they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. But that was just part of it. Here's one of the things I'm challenged by. In Philippians 2, uh, verses 5 through 7, it says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. 
Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. I love this scripture. I, I think it's challenging for us. I think it, it kind of hits us in the face. And maybe, do you have those scriptures that you read them and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is, it's a little intense right now. One of the words that jumps out to me every time is must. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not consider that to be the ultimate. He made himself nothing, taking the position of a slave and was born a human being. He gave up everything and came as a slave, came as an individual that showed us what it looks like. And I think and I know that we need to wrestle with this because I don't think he would have put it in there. I love that he gave us a great model to follow. Some of you, if we, if we rose hands, asked you to raise your hand right now, you could think of a model that you tried to, to follow and emulate, right, as you grew up. There were those people that you looked at, you're like, maybe it was the high schooler down the street, or maybe it was a professional athlete, where you're like, I want to figure out a way to get to that. But there are roadblocks, right? Some of us don't get past five foot six. Um, some of us can't run. Some of us don't sing, and that's okay. But we figure out a way to what God wants us to do. And so I think when those roadblocks come, what are we willing to do when there are roadblocks to service? I mean, it's one thing to talk about a profession, but when it comes to serving, I think the roadblocks aren't as intense. And here's something that I would ask you right now. What are you willing to surrender that are roadblocks to service? And maybe in your mind, you're thinking of something right now, but I have three, and I know it's not a full list, but time, resources, and comfort. Time, resources, and comfort, I think are three things that can be roadblocks to service. One of the things with time is we're, we're all given the same amount of time, right? We're all given the same moments, the same days, and, and we have to wrestle with what we want to do with our time. Pastor Joe here a few weeks ago talked about distractions and how time is, is an opportunity for distractions to keep in and keep us from doing what we want to do, what our goal and what our set focus is. But I think if we're intentional with taking the roadblock of time down, we're able to engage and say, okay, maybe I do have some time for that. Am I willing to step into that? Am I willing to be willing to say yes to some time that's out of my regular schedule to give, to serve? Maybe it's resources. You know, like, I'm not talking about draining your bank account. You're like, well, you want me to give everything. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying that maybe there's a roadblock of you saying, I feel like I have to give everything, but what is it about our resources that has us holding on to them if we're willing to release them and say, maybe God just wants you to give something away. Maybe in the moment you have something extra that you can say, I think I could give that away, and I'm willing to let my resources be used. And another one is comfort. Listen, I know that getting out of our comfort zone, I, I, this, this, for me, this is not one. I have no problem getting out of my comfort zone. It's just, if you know me at all, you know that you probably question me a lot, and, and that's okay. But Jesus got out of his comfort zone. Though he was God, he did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. He made himself a slave to serve. He came in human form. And I love that challenge. And I love this because of that reality. If we're willing to get out of the roadblocks, if we're willing to say no to these roadblocks and jump into serving, man, one of the big challenges that comes out of that is you're going you're gonna to have opportunities and people are going to think you're crazy. Like, why would you do that with your time? Why would you give time to do that? Why would you, why would you give your resources to that? Seriously? 
I mean, don't, maybe you have to eat out a couple times less. I, why would you give reason? Why, why would you get it? That seems out of my comfort zone. But each of us, that gives us an opportunity to find what we love. And that's the one thing that we're challenged about. We want you to serve and to be involved in something that is challenging and exciting to you. And I think that's contagious because then it opens up opportunities for you to have conversations about why you do what we do and why you're involved in something you're involved in. And I think it opens up doors for us to talk about, about God's love and talk about why he matters to us and why he calls us and asks us to serve. Here's the thing. If we call ourselves followers of Christ, we must answer the question of why we're not serving. If we don't know Christ, I just want you to know that is one of those things that we have to wrestle with. And here's the thing that really was challenging to me this week as I was reading and spending some time in the Word. And this is free of charge. This isn't in here. This is just free for you. So um, it is not about what we do that gets us anywhere closer to God. Do you know that? Do you know that you're loved by God even before you knew about him? Did you know that he's crazy about you? That, did you know that, that it's by faith through Christ that you come to know God? That's what this relationship and service is about, is when we know God, we want to respond in love to serve towards him. It's not about doing good things that gets us closer to God. It's about knowing God. And then because we know God, we get rid of roadblocks and we desire to serve. And I think that's powerful. So if we figure out a way, what happened in the story? These guys took time and they... I believe, dug a hole. And we dig a hole. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound all that really exciting, right? Some of the kids in the, in the auditorium are like, yeah, let's go dig a hole. That sounds exciting. Anyway, or you have a dog that really likes to dig a hole, and you're thinking about that right now. I don't know. But the passage says, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. I don't think that the guys woke up that day and say, I know what, you know what, we're going to ruin some guy's roof today. This is going to be fun. We're going to dig a hole. No, they took a journey. They figured out a way. Here's something I love. Serving can start small, but can produce the right momentum for transformation. Serving can start small, but can produce the right momentum for transformation. Here's one of the cool things to think about. Is the hole didn't just magically appear. It wasn't like, okay, there you go. The hole's there. It was one scoop at a time. One moment of taking a scoop, looking at the hole, looking at their friend, going, not there yet. And transformation was happening as they were scooping. you imagine being in the house at that time? Like suddenly you're sitting in a house and all of a sudden, all of a sudden everything is coming in on you? It reminded me of those movies. Like You've seen those movies, I think, right? Where there's a party at a house and it was just supposed to be a couple friends and like the next thing you know, the house is filling up and the homeowner or the whatever is like, what, how did, how did all these people get here? Well, everybody heard about it. So they're coming and the house is getting full and the homeowner's like, no, don't touch that. Don't do that. Don't pick that up. Don't, no, stop. Don't, don't do that. And it's getting out of control really quick, right? And finally something breaks and he's like, whatever, what's going to happen next? And that's when the police show up usually. Anyway, <clears throat> I think that's maybe what was happening with the homeowner in the story. Because Jesus showed up, and he probably knew the draw of Jesus. He knew it was going to be crazy, but it got really crazy that there wasn't room in the house or outside the house. And he's busy telling people, don't touch that. No, that's my mother's. 
that's my mother-in-law's, you can break that. No, I'm just, you know, whatever. <laughs> but he's losing control really quickly. And he finally is like, what, what's next? Somebody's gonna put a hole in the roof and all of a sudden everything breaks loose and there's a hole in his roof. And he's like, this is amazing. And these guys are standing there on his roof with eyes of hope because the one thing they wanted to do that day was to get their friend in front of Jesus. And they just took a moment to figure out a way. They just took a moment to dig a hole, which, like I said, they weren't anticipating having to do that day. But as they stood there and looked down, they were, there had to be a sigh of relief. There had to be a moment where they were like, yes, we see Jesus. There is nobody in between us and Jesus. And they lower their friend down in front of Jesus. They, they transform that. I love that. Listen, one of the things I know that serving doesn't count minutes, but serving doesn't count minutes, but it counts the opportunities that are in front of us. We may not know what a day holds, but if we're willing to give opportunities that come across our way to Jesus, I believe that there's going to be some cool things that can take place. But yet we're like, God, if you want to show up today, that'd be great. Instead of just saying, God, whatever you have today, let me be available. Let me figure out a way. Help me dig a hole. If I get to dig a hole, great. But these guys were standing there with dirty hands, and they wanted to get their friend in front of Jesus. Serving moments are not always like that. Um, but if they're done in the right spirit, it puts us in a place to see God work. So speaking of I was walking through the lobby probably about eight months ago, and I bumped into a guy named Andrew. And I really, I noticed something peculiar about Andrew. First of all, it felt like he knew me. And I was like, I don't know you, dude, but all right, awesome. And, and he had grease under his fingernails. So Andrew and I got to talking, and it turned out that when I was youth pastor in Rapid in 05 to 08, Andrew was actually in my youth group for a time. So he and I started hitting it off and, and getting reacquainted, and I loved it. And I had to ask him, I said, dude, what are you doing? What's up with the grease and the fingernails? He's like, I'm a mechanic. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's really cool. And he had a wife and kids, and, and I'm just pumped about, about him and about what he's doing. But we got talking a little bit more, and it come to find out he's involved with shift ministry. And if you know what a shift ministry is, it's an extension of our church that helps provide affordable transportation. Whether fixing cars at an affordable price for families or, or just help getting new cars and people into new cars— because I think it's a powerful ministry because we help get single moms and single dads back on track and we can help get families back to some sense of normalcy to be able to get to job opportunities, be able to get to work period, to be able to take their kids to work. And this is the impactful part about it. And what I loved about Andrew with his dirty fingers is that he spent all day working on other people's cars. But then after he was done working on other people's cars, he went to serve working on other people's cars. And he does this a couple times a week. And I just love his heart and I appreciate his willingness to dig a hole because that's, that's what he's been called to do and where he's been called to serve. And what I love is, is that I know that he is making an impact. And I love that we get to be a church that makes an impact like that because that's what it all boils down to. It all boils down to impacting a life. It all boils down to impacting a life. Jesus saw their faith of the peril and their, the paralyzed man. He said, my child, your sins are forgiven. He, he knew 
Here's the thing about it. He knew the struggle that they had been through that day of carrying their friend however long they did, of carrying that mat, of figuring out a way of getting dirty hands to get to the place where they lowered him and they saw their faith and they saw their willingness to go and to make that impact in his life, to see life change and to see something happen for their friend. And I think so many times we have, we have a crux and a crossroads right there because we can either pick apart, like we could be the people that look and say, yeah, but there's a hole in the roof. I mean, seriously, they couldn't have waited their turn, waited a moment, but, but I hope that we have the spirit and the mentality of saying, yeah, there's a hole, but did you see that they, they lowered their friend down? Can you imagine being there to witness? The, we love these moments, I think, in movies. Be there to witness the opportunity of seeing the friends and the friend lowering down and the, the view they got to share with one another. How cool that would, maybe it was like sobbing uncontrollable, like, man, they're just getting carried away, but you guys did this for me. This is so cool. Maybe it was just mouthing thank you. Maybe it was the friends just a sigh of relief going, we got him here. This is going to be cool. And just waiting with anticipation as to what was going to take place next. Believing that, that what they did was going to impact his life. What I love is our willingness to serve others can inspire other people to do it. Our willingness to take a step of faith in taking a journey, carrying a mat, figuring out a way and digging a hole can inspire other people to dive in. And you never know the impact that those other people are gonna have. You never know the impact that you're going to be able to have when you dive into serving. One of the things I love, and I don't know if you know this or not, but every week, Fountain Springers, whether on the weekend or during the week, give time serving. Whether it's people that you see in the parking lot, people that greet you at the door, there are people that are passionate about coffee that serve in the coffee shop or love your kids and want to give you an amazing experience. They want to show your kids who Jesus is. Here's what I love. They want you to be a part of what's going on as well. And if you've never thought about that, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to take a moment to think about where you could get plugged in because this isn't one of those things where we say, well, I just don't know if that's something I want to do because if not, I can take you back to the Philippians passage where it says you must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And if we call ourselves followers of Christ, we're challenged to take a step into faith. And like I said, here, it's not just let's plug you in somewhere. We want you to be passionate about what is in your heart and put you in a place where you love and are excited about it. And if it's coffee, let's have a great conversation. If it's pushing buttons, let's have a conversation. But there are so many ways to serve and to be a part of showing people who Jesus is, a part of amazing teams, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about people joining and being a part of something that is bigger than themselves. Because what does serving do? And I, I believe this with all my heart. Serving sets the table for the unexpected. Serving sets the table for the unexpected because you don't know what is going to happen when you begin to serve. I love serving with my girls. I get pumped about this. Like I said, I love being a part of the adventure. You don't have to tell me everything we're going to do. Just give me an idea. Let's run with it, okay? That's me. I, and I know I'm odd. I, I get that from my wife a lot. It's okay. But serving sets a table for the unexpected. Maybe it's the reality of having a conversation with a neighbor. Maybe it's that neighbor you don't even like. Maybe it's taking them a loaf of bread or some muffins or some cookies that you have extras that you just made and you hand it to them and say, I hope you're not allergic to nuts. Here you go. I don't know. 
but maybe it's engaging people at work or maybe it's paying for a meal for somebody you don't even know. That's one of my favorite things to do. I'm just gonna say like, hey, I'm gonna pay for their meal over there. Yeah, that couple. Do you know them? No, it just sounded like a good idea to me. And to bless people because serving sets a table for the unexpected. If you're willing to walk this journey out, I think you'll find that it's a pretty cool journey. It, it doesn't come naturally, but it's not difficult. If we're willing to say, I know there are roadblocks, but I'm going to give them to God. I know there are moments where I might fall short, but I'm going to, I'm going to focus back on him and figure out a way. And I'm going to carry the mat with people together. I think that's one of the coolest things. But here's what I also know. You guys are smart. You guys are creative. And there are so many other ways that you have already in your mind that you're like, I can do this or this or this. And that's awesome. Keep doing them. Be willing to take that step. Be willing to dive into that because I think it'll be powerful. So I want to leave you with a couple questions. Uh, the first one is, what holes can you create this week to bring hope? Going back to the story, there was a hole in my roof, but there was hope because there was a piece of PVC pipe that the bats were going to leave on their own. They made a bad decision and came in my house. But um, what holes this week can you create to bring hope? Now listen, you might already have holes that you've taken one scoop and you've tried to, to get in there and have an inroad. And maybe it's another conversation. Maybe it's trying something different. Maybe it's that coworker that you've had a really hard time connecting with. And you're like, I, man, I just need to take that step of trusting and break down those roadblocks and be willing to create a hole of hope, to see a life change, to see somebody impacted. Maybe it's gathering some people around you and carrying that mat together to really make a difference and an impact because I know you can. I know you can do that. I've seen it. So many of you do such an amazing job of diving into creating hope for people. And the second question is, what would it look like? What would it look like to get a little dirt under your fingernails this week? And I'm not talking about like going home and sticking them in your garden, taking a picture and sending them to me, okay? That's cheating. Don't do that. But this is figuratively speaking. What would it look like to get some skin in the game, to really begin to have a conversation of, I want to I wanna begin to get dirty with the idea of, of serving those around me and really dive in to put some skin and say, I want to serve. And that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen on Wednesday or Thursday. It happens like today. It happens in this moment where we say, what do you have? You go home and you have a conversation. How can I make this happen? How do I, how do I get going right now? Because I'll tell you, there are roadblocks and many of you are having conversations. I don't know if I want to go. No, no, do something. And I think you're going to find that going on this journey and building a lifestyle of service will be something that you will not regret because God invites us into it. And it's really cool. And I get pumped about it. I get pumped just thinking about it. So I want to invite us to pray. We're going to close our time together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight, for this opportunity that we have to dive in, to being together. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for the challenging word out of, out of the gospel of Mark, that we're willing to take a journey. Are we willing to go ahead and carry a mat? Are we willing to figure out a way, dig a hole? Because ultimately it's about impacting lives. And I pray that we would be willing to see that end like 
whether we see the impact or we are just part of, of helping make that impact happen, I pray that we would be obedient to at least take a step towards you and wrestle with what would it look like to really dive into what do I do with my time and how can I switch that to be a part of serving? What do I do with my resources and how can I switch that to allow my resources to be used to bless others? And what would it look like to get out of my comfort zone? What would it look like right now if I was willing to step out of my comfort zone and be a part of serving? Because I know that it will bring us closer to you, God. And I know it will bring us closer to really understanding what it means like to not just know about service, but to really serve. I love you, God. I thank you so much for today, for this opportunity to be together, and that you would just bless our weekends. Thank you so much for loving us and caring about us and calling us to more. We ask this in your name. Amen.